Hey there, welcome to Fit Mama to the Fullest Podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to be here with you. Feel like we're just chatting, and hopefully you'll feel the same way. I'm sitting here with my coffee and finishing it up. It is early morning. House is quiet. Rainy day, actually, which I'm loving because... I don't know, you know, I know we're all over the place, but here where we're at in upstate New York, it has been super dry, which I am not going to complain. I love the super nice days. We've done so much outside. We're always going to parks, going to splash pads, whatever. So I love it, but I keep waiting for that rainy day where I'm like, oh, okay, on a rainy day, we go to the library or on a rainy day, we're going to clean the house. And last week I finally did just buckle one of the days and just... It was beautiful out and we cleaned the house in the morning. So I was like, guys, I have been waiting for the rainy day for too long now. (laughs) My systems that I talk so much about were getting thrown off because in the summer, I literally just try to do it, you know, according to the weather. So anyways, it's pouring rain, kids are sleeping and we get to chat. So I hope you're having a great summer so far. I hope things are going well for you. And thank you, as always, those of you who have been sending me emails or um, shooting me messages. You're welcome to do so anytime. Fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com or on Instagram, fitmomlifetothefullest. I love to hear from you ladies and keep the conversation going and keep it two-sided. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about three ways to kind of eat intuitively and enhance your eating intuitively. So I want to back up a tiny bit and let you know and call your attention to in, I looked it up for you because usually I just say, oh, I have like an episode, (laughs) but it is episode 93. If you scroll back on through the podcast library, that is called eating intuitively, how to do it the right way. And in that episode, I go through basically what eating intuitively is. And I'm not going to, you know, do that at length here. But I do know that on this podcast, I generally throw out the terms eating intuitively or tracking macros very often as they apply to other areas of interest. So I I often will say something like, whether or not you're tracking macros right now, maybe you're just eating intuitively. And then I go on to say something else. And if you're newer around here, you might not be sure what that looks like. So tracking your macros, your macronutrients are carbs, fat, and protein. And whether you're doing it on paper or you're doing it in an app, that's how most of my clients are doing it through an app. I typically start clients out there and encourage all of you, if we're not working together, but you're looking to clean up your nutrition and really dial it in, I encourage you to start with the actual tracking of your macros because it's putting it to paper or putting it to numbers where you're seeing it's not just, oh yeah, I think I'm eating like 100 grams of protein a day. And then you have no idea because you haven't actually looked at the numbers. But then once you input it, you're seeing, oh, actually I only eat about 60 grams of protein a day. So I do think that tracking your macros is the best place to start because it just gives you a baseline of knowledge. And this is like very across the board. I know that, you know, there's so many schools of thought here, but even in like holistic nutritionists or different places that you go, even if they say they're not into tracking macros and not into looking at the calories too much, because that's very common. It's very common to say, we're not going to look at the calories at all. We're just going to look at food quality. And that is um, kind of the idea of eating intuitively. Generally, they still have you start with a food diary. If you are going to see almost any holistic, holistic nutritionist that I've spoken to, have gone to, have researched, they generally want you to come with at least a week of you keeping a food diary. So whether or not they're looking at the overall calories or macronutrients, 
then that's their job to kind of generalize. Like they're doing it without you realizing it. And then they're looking at yours, at your food log saying, ah, okay, she is low on protein because they just know what everything consists of. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, same thing for me. I can look at your food log and without actually looking at the input numbers, I'm going to be able to roughly guesstimate your day because I'm just so accustomed to and acclimated with what foods consist of. So Step one, I always encourage people to start with tracking your macros so you get an idea of where you're even at and what you should be shooting for. But then I encourage you to back off and to transition to eating intuitively. And for some clients, this comes sooner than others. Some really get things down in the first three months and say, okay, I'm sick of being attached to this app or to my phone and now I'm ready to back off and do this myself. Other clients really like the consistency and knowing that they are, it kind of gives them a sense of control and planning. This is usually more my planners are out there tracking for longer than three months, maybe up to a year or longer. Just And there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, there are people who love to budget down to the T and there are people that love to just have rough categories and then kind of make it work. So we're going to talk about kind of the latter today. Once you're eating intuitively, again, I encourage you to do this once you have an idea of where you're already at. But when you are eating intuitively, sometimes it can get a little bit messy still. It can get a little bit chaotic of, okay, I don't really know how much water I'm taking in, what I'm doing. So there are three little guidelines, three really easy little benchmarks that you don't need to put this in your phone. You don't need to, you could have a checklist if you're a visual person, you know, um, maybe if you use a paper planner or you use an online planner, you could just put a little three column list here to help yourself stay on track with this. Or I know some of you, again, you know, we're not trying to add more and more things, but some people like that in their planner, in their journal or something. Otherwise, I I will be honest with you right now, I'm not tracking macros. I'm not putting this information in a planner or anywhere, but these are the three little things that I check in just automatically with myself daily now. And they can really help you to continue to progress towards your goals, to maintain your goals. So number one is to check in with your water. Your water intake, I advise, should be between 80 and 100 ounces. And yes, you can go further and personalize it per body weight, but for most of you listening and most of us, 80 to 100 ounces is going to be adequate. It's still going to be a little bit of a reach. I do recommend if you right now are sitting around like 32 ounces to just try to up it slightly each day, each week to get up towards 80 to 100 ounces. And yes, it's inconvenient to have maybe some more bathroom stops. And of course, there's going to be days if you're traveling or something like that where you just can't hit those targets. But in general, 80 to 100 is great to shoot for. And I have talked about this a ton on the podcast. You can go back and listen to this episode. I did not look up for you, but I have an episode too on how to up your water intake and things like that. And I go a little bit more into why it is so important, but it's just, it is just so important for not only your body systems to be running efficiently, but also for fat loss and your metabolism. Energy. I see I can't even just <laughs> gloss over it, but so many times just the first week with a client, I will have them just focus on upping their water intake, not even touching food yet. And they report more energy feeling more regular, feeling less bloated. So truly look at your water intake and shoot to get it up around 80 to 100 ounces. And this is, again, something that the how is up to you with all three of these little benchmarks I'm going to give you. 
I'm telling you the what and a little bit of the why. The how is up to you. And this goes with, you know, everything health and fitness wise. I can tell you strength training is great for you. The how is up to you. If you like to go to group classes, awesome. If you like to do full-length videos, awesome. If you like to do your own thing and just program your own workouts, like perfect. But you know, there's still a what is effective and why it's effective. And then the how has to fit your life. So same thing here with water, you know, figure out what works best for you and figure out how to keep yourself on track with it works best for you. If you think that just bringing awareness to it is going to help you. Awesome. Maybe you're just going to write on a post-it these three items I'm going to tell you today. So number one is water. And maybe you just stick that somewhere you're going to see it in the morning or at night or on your fridge or your steering wheel or whatever so that you keep these three front of mind. But getting these three in place with water being the first and one of the most essential, you're going to set yourself up for a really good nutrition system with a little bit more flexibility around the other items. So number one's water, and we'll get into a little bit more of what I mean there after I tell you the other two. So number one is water. Number two is vegetables. So your vegetable intake should be between three to five servings daily, and it is great to get majority of them from dark leafy greens. They are very nutrient dense, offer a ton of vitamins and minerals, like calcium, vitamin K. The other day, actually, I was talking with my son, my oldest son is five, and we were talking about uh, vitamin K and vitamin E and what they do for the body. And he caught me off guard because he was like, okay, so what foods have them? I was like, oh, shoot, hang on, I should know this. I was like, oh, man, vitamin C, clementines, you know, and, and citrus and whatnot. Like, that was the first thing that have to mind. Oranges, you know, we all know vitamin C, I feel like. And then calcium, we're like, okay, dairy and spinach, dark leafy greens. But I had to look up vitamin E and vitamin K and Dark leafy greens have both of them. So you can cover a lot just by adding dark leafy greens to your diet. So um, that is my favorite way to get them in is just to bang it out with a big salad, either at lunch or dinner, pretty much every day. And I don't usually do both. If I do a salad at lunch, I'm not going to do it at dinner or vice versa. But this is something that you can check in with yourself on after water. You're like, okay, have I gotten 80 to 100 ounces today? And then vegetables. This is just easy Again, after a while, it's going to become easier as you do it. But if you are, you know, winging your day, you haven't really planned it out, you're not tracking your macros, you haven't logged it out, and you're just kind of going with what's in your fridge or what you're grabbing out and, you know, on the road or whatever. Breakfast is usually a tough one to get vegetables in on. We can talk about that in a second, but breakfast is usually tough. And then by the time you get to lunch, if you didn't have vegetables at lunch either, it's kind of like, ooh, okay, I haven't had a vegetable yet today. So for dinner, I'm definitely going to have something salad-based or add a side salad, or maybe if it's more the winter months, I'm going to add a soup or whatever to get my vegetables up to three to five servings. It's just something to be aware of. And again, the benefits, you know, so the what, eating three to five servings of vegetables a day, the why, because they are so chock full of vitamins and minerals. I am a huge believer in trying to use food over supplements to get our vitamins and minerals. And there's a lot to that that can be nuanced of, okay, you need to have the right, you know, um, combination together to help you absorb the vitamins and minerals in the body. And that can be a whole nother podcast episode. But in general, you're not going to be in a bad spot if you are having three to five servings of vegetables a day. It's going to help keep you full. It's going to help, again, keep you regular, keep things moving. And I talk a lot about eating for volume. This is a great example of that. Vegetables are very low calorie typically, and you can eat a lot of them for 
almost no calories or little to no calories. So rather than having a tiny serving, like a little fourth a cup serving of pasta, you could have maybe that fourth a cup serving of your actual regular pasta and then an entire zucchini in there combined with the noodles. So you're getting the taste of both, throw a delicious sauce on top, and you're getting almost a full plate of vegetables. You're eating a whole zucchini and you probably would not have sat down and just eaten a zucchini. So you'll be so much more full from having that zucchini in there than just having your little fourth a cup of pasta. So so many benefits. Find the way, again, the how is up to you. So salsas are one of my favorite ways to sneak vegetables in. Um, Again, I said breakfast could tend to be the more difficult meal to get them in. First of all, I want to encourage you to think outside the box. I actually just looked at a client's food logs this morning who may or may not be listening to this, and I saw her last couple days were like chicken wrap, a chicken wrap for breakfast that had vegetables in it, roast beef with vegetables and a fat, and I complimented her on that. I commended her on that because I said, you know what? So many clients will say like, well, I can't fit vegetables in a breakfast because it doesn't fit or it's, it's weird to put a vegetable with pancakes or something. And I will always say, it does not have to make sense. It doesn't always have to be pretty. I'm a huge fan of having beautiful like meals that are themed or make sense. I love cooking. I love different cookbooks. I actually I'm knee-deep into Mimi Thor's old world Italian right now. If any of you are looking at it or reading it, it's a beautiful cookbook with gorgeous pictures. It makes you want to make five-course Italian meals every night, which I'm not going to do, but sometimes I will. So I absolutely think there's a time and place for that, okay? So I'm not always saying you need to have broccoli with pancakes, but I am saying that most days are not, you know, like, We're not going for hospitality and community and all of these other things that we're trying to achieve with our meals. Most days, we're going for functionality. We want to hit our carbs, fat, and protein. We want to hit our three to five servings of vegetables. We want to hit our water. And it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be the best tasting thing you've ever had. You can have your protein pancakes for breakfast and then also grab some leftover broccoli that was in the fridge from the night before to hit your vegetables. But Not everything has to be that wonky either. Um, Some ways that I fit them in at breakfast is putting shredded zucchini in my oats, putting frozen spinach in my smoothies. If I'm doing eggs, I will usually top it with ideally both sautéed spinach and a salsa. Sometimes I'm lazy on the sautéed spinach, but when I do the eggs, I don't feel like sautéing the spinach after, and I will just throw salsa on it and call it a day. But um, those are just a couple ways I work them in. Again, I have other another podcast episode on how to get more vegetables in your day, how to sneak more. Pesto is another great one where it doesn't even feel like you are, you know, some of you I know are not huge on vegetables. And there are other ways that you can sneak them in, you know, get think outside the box. And I do the same thing with my kids. I will throw frozen spinach in their smoothies and then it's just a good tasting smoothie to them. The other day I actually had vanilla protein instead of chocolate and usually we have chocolate protein powder. And so they're just used to seeing, you know, it look brown and they're like, oh, delicious smoothie. And the other day I had vanilla and they were like, why is it green? (laughs) Because it just turned green from the spinach. I was like, oh, it's like a St. Patrick smoothie. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. Just made something up. But anyways, um, yes, Look at your vegetable serving. So this is something and to be aware of as your day is going. Ideally, ladies, I'd love for you to have a rough plan of what you are eating going into the day. I do talk about how planning is so important. And, you know, I don't, I do sit down and I write down all of the dinners for the week and I do more, more or less wing my breakfast and lunches. 
but I'm never going into it totally without a plan. If I do, that's what I'm really going to tank and end up just not eating enough during the day and be ravenous at night. So I will, you know, take a, like it's two seconds, a rough mental stock of what you're going to have the next day. I last night, what, what the days that are usually toughest for me personally, it might be toughest for you are like Monday and Tuesday because otherwise by Monday and Tuesday, I've made something like tonight I'm grilling chicken for dinner and I know that I'm going to have, like I planned to make extra so that I have it for lunches for the week so that I can just throw together wraps or salads. However, Monday lunch and Tuesday lunch tend to be difficult because I just typically don't have stuff left from the weekend. Like we had two parties on Saturday and Sunday, so we weren't home, we weren't cooking and I had to think last night like, oh, do I have something? I was like, oh good, I have some leftover already cooked chicken in the freezer so I'll just pull one out let it defrost tonight so I can have that for lunch tomorrow before I make anything so I do encourage you in general to have a rough plan of what you're eating so that you know you have the food for it you know it is ready to go for you and as you're doing that that's when it's ideal to already mentally work in your vegetables however like I said as your day's going just kind of do that little check of Ooh, where's my where's my vegetable count at? And again, you can put this anywhere you want to on your phone in a planner, set alarms if you need to, but that's going to really go such a long way for your satiety because you are eating so much more when you are getting three to five servings of vegetables in. I've said that a ton and it's still true that a lot of times my dinners, even if they look like a carb, fat, and protein, say like turkey meatloaf, a sweet potato, and a cup of broccoli, I would still be hungry if I didn't have a side salad or a side soup with that. So more often than not, I am pairing a side salad or side soup with dinner to keep us full for the night. And it's kind of like my hack to keep us full from, you know, dinner until breakfast the next day. So you're not hitting the kitchen all night long looking for other snacks and foods. And again, that goes for my husband as well. I know I'm not going to keep him satiated if we don't beef things up with a little more vegetables. So it's never a bad thing. Okay. And it's all right if you want to go over that as well. Eating more plant-based is something we all definitely can benefit from. Okay. Lastly, that you can check in your last little mental note to check in with water, vegetables, and you probably already know what I'm going to say, protein. So protein is so essential for fat loss, body composition, maintaining your progress and your body composition. Protein is the macronutrient that burns calories just digesting it. So it takes your body a while to digest it. So it's helping you with satiety. It's helping you stay fuller longer. And it's literally has a thermogenetic effect in the body where you are burning calories just from your body, breaking it down. So it is, you know, a building block of the body. It becomes that. So protein is just super important. I've talked a ton about protein if you've been around with me for a while on the podcast. And what I advise, so again, you can get super specific with your macros. And when I'm working with clients one-on-one, we will do that. And sometimes, I I should say, I should caveat this, we will do that if we have gotten to a point where we're hitting a plateau or where the person is a lot of times like these general rules you can get pretty far on these three staples if you are brand new you haven't started macro tracking and you just start with these three things today say you have 50 pounds to lose or even say 30 that is many clients who come to work with me whether in a group or one-on-one have about 30 pounds of baby weight 
and or just weight and are like, I just will, you know, it makes sense for them to lose about 30 pounds of fat, not necessarily weight. That's a whole other topic. Um, not going off an actual just an arbitrary number, but thinking, okay, they actually could lose about 30 pounds of fat. You can get very far following just these three little guidelines. Then as you you know, get closer and closer to your goals. Your body gets used to what you're doing. Like the, you kind of have the quote unquote newbie gains. If you start, especially if it's paired with strength training and you've never strength trained before, it's like, okay, you're going to see some losses quickly. Some people lose weight just from starting to eat higher protein without even really changing a lot of their other um, lifestyle habits. But then as you start fine tuning these things, then sometimes you need to be a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more strategic in losing those last five or 10 pounds or changing those last couple things about your body composition. So a lot of times this is where I'm working with somebody one-on-one who they have applied these principles already. They've figured out a lot from the podcast or from group training. A lot of times that's what'll happen is a client will go through one of my group programs, the eight-week beginner program, something like that. Then they want to continue their progress. So we'll keep working together one-on-one, which you can visit any of these options at my website, fitmomlifetothefullest.com to see what that looks like. But we work together one-on-one and that's where then we really continue to fine tune the macros and maybe play around with protein. This is my whole point in saying this is I'm giving you a very general guideline today, which can work for many people. If you are fine with, you know, initially getting some fat loss and, or when you are maintaining but you might need a little bit more of a specific protein goal if you're trying to achieve that last little like tweak to your body composition or to your fat loss. I hope that makes sense. Let me know if it doesn't. And you have any questions on that, you can shoot me an email. But in general, most people are going to do well with getting between 100 grams of protein and their ideal body weight. So for most of us, that can be a lot. So say my ideal body weight is 140 to 145. I, and you know, Weight is such an arbitrary thing, so I don't want you to make too much of these numbers. I'm 5'4", for reference, and I know some of you are 5'4", and you're like 130, and some of you are 5'4", and you're like 170. There's so much that goes into it, and um, body fat percentage is what I prefer to look at instead of the scale. But so in general, I'm, I feel good. I feel comfortable around 140 to 145 with my body fat between 20 to 22%. I don't know exactly where I am right now. I think I'm I know I'm around 145 and I think I'm around 22% body fat, but I actually haven't taken my body fat in a while. I'm still nursing, which I thought I was going to start weaning next week, but we're going to see what happens with that. My son does turn one next week and that's usually when I wean. But for whatever reason, this little guy, I'm like, oh, you seem so little. I think I'm going to keep going a little bit longer with some nap and nighttime feedings. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. And I'm still undecided on that. The things that we always have to think about, but Anyways, back to protein. So say I'm shooting personally me for 100 to 145 grams of protein. 145 is a lot. And this, again, depends on where you're starting out. If right now you actually start keeping track of your protein and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm only taking in 50 grams a day or 60 grams, like I said before, I'm not going to jump up to 145 grams of protein, but I am going to start shooting for 100. I'm going to look at the ways and I'll just say right now, this is, again, the, as you start knowing what things consist of, a chicken breast, your average chicken breast, three to four ounces or three to five ounces, is going to be around 30 grams of protein. And that's also a little side tip in there. 
where will tell most women to start out? If I'm looking at their food logs and I see they're already having, say, chicken at lunch and ground turkey for dinner or whatever meats they're having, I will just say just start with upping the protein size, your portion size, rather, from three ounces to five ounces. And that's huge. You're adding, if you did that at each meal, you're adding four ounces more of protein. So instead of trying to add another meal in there, because a lot of women will be like, I don't want to have like rolled up deli meats or jerky or something for a snack. Like that's so much meat and that feels weird as a snack. I get it. It can be a lot easier to just up the portion. So that's a great place to start because if you do that, if you got 40 grams of protein at lunch and 40 grams of protein at dinner, you're already at 80. And that's before we've even looked at breakfast and snacks. So Eggs are another great source if you start your day with um, eggs for breakfast or adding some protein powder to your oats or to a shake. Like if you did a protein shake for breakfast that was 20 grams and then had even say 35 at lunch and dinner, then we're already at like 90 grams of protein for the day. And that was not counting any snacks or any other of your sides at dinner, any cheese or anything like that. So this is a great... Thing to keep in the back of your mind. Am I getting between 100 and my ideal body weight? And again, if you're, if maybe some of you listening are starting at 190, like you weigh 190 and you're thinking my ideal body weight's 170, that's so much protein. That's why I'm giving you such a big range. You know, between 100 and your ideal range is great, is fine because you're probably eating more calories than somebody who weighs 140, right? If you're at 170 to maintain 170, whether it's muscle or fat. So if all of your calories are up higher, your protein's going to be up higher. And so hopefully that helps to think about it that way. But again, that range upwards of 100 grams of protein is going to start setting you up for success. And then ladies, once you have these three staples in place, so water, vegetables, and protein, and again, put on a post-it, put on your phone, wherever you need to, you have good bumpers in place for the rest of your day. Like, yes, you can think about working in carbs. Yes, you can work about think, um, working in fat. And I have talked before about trying to balance that at each meal as well, which is what I didn't really go into today. But usually I advise trying to round out your meals with a protein, a fat, a green or a vegetable, And then a carb as it fits. You don't necessarily need a carb at every meal unless your body does need that, right? Everybody is different. This is where some variance comes in. But if you're, you know, that's even a step further, but your carbs and fats kind of can start falling in line once you have these other three pillars in place, the water, the vegetables, and the protein. You don't have to worry as much then about, is this too much fat? Is this too much carbs? You can get into that and Specifically, tracking your macros will help you with that. But if you are good with, you know, either starting out here or maintaining here because you already have a good background of tracking your macros and you just kind of want to step away from it and eat intuitively, but you need some markers, these are the three markers to go by and to keep in mind. Okay, I hope that's helpful. I feel like I talked at you a lot today and that was pretty hefty, uh, but hopefully. You, you're hearing what I'm saying and you're able to apply it. Again, you can feel free to message me anytime, fitmomlifetothefulls at gmail.com. Visit fitmomlifetothefulls.com if you'd like to check out any of the ways that you can work with me. If you want to hop on a coaching call or join us in the Chasing Greatness group, any of those good things, it's all at fitmomlifetothefulls.com. And if you have not rated and reviewed the podcast, I'd love if you'd take a second to do that. That'd be so helpful. All right, ladies. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next episode. Have a great rest of your day. 